Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 195 of the podcast with Dana Kerford from You Are Strong. Now, we'll get into Dana's background in the podcast. And I tell you what, super impressive, but why... This episode is something that everybody needs to listen to at the moment. Loneliness is at all-time high, and we are in a pandemic, and things are getting tight, they're getting testing, and the power of connection and the friendships you have in your life are more important than ever. So Dana is world-renowned as the friendship expert. So we're going to get so many tips today on ways to you know, reconnect with people, ways to reach out and have a meaningful conversation, ask powerful questions, and so much more. This is a fantastic chat that can be applied for adults, teachers, trainers, coaches, parents, kids, anybody, you name it. Friendships are so important, and that's why this episode is going to be so powerful for you. So guys, sit back, relax. This is episode number one. Nine, five. Welcome to episode number 195 of the podcast. Very excited. Dana Kerford, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. Super excited. 195, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot, and I'll tell you what, I reckon this is going to be a beauty today, but I've got a bone to pick straight away that I'm in really cold, freezing Melbourne. You're in yeah. sunny Noosa, and for international listeners, Noosa's probably the best place in Australia. Why won't you open your borders now? I'm cold. I want to come up. Seriously. I know. I want you to come up, too. You've got you to come. The beaches are just not the same without the tourists around, um, but hopefully we'll have lots of visitors soon. Hopefully we will. So obviously you can tell by your accent, it's not Australian, it's Canadian. So do you want to just paint a bit of a background picture for the audience about your journey so far in life? Yeah, for sure. So I'm a, a teacher and I started out, I was teaching um, at a private school in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. If anybody's ever been there, right near the, the Rocky Mountains. Um, and essentially noticed that my students weren't doing very well on the math test if they had a fight with a friend. Um, I was spending all of my days dealing with friendship drama in the classroom at recess time when I'd be on supervision um, and then going home to millions, it felt like millions of emails from parents saying that their child is being bullied and what am I gonna do about it? So um, that was, I guess probably, you know, I don't know how long ago, 16 years ago or something like that. But um, I decided to start a, it started with a club just for my students, um, a friendship club. And it started as girl power because at the time it was mostly my girls who were having troubles in their friendships. Um, and yeah, it just grew from there. You know, I started working with um, schools all around the world. We then launched our program for boys. And then in 2016, actually after a very cool invitation to the White House, um, it was a conference on gender equality and girl empowerment, realized that it was time for us to move to You Are Strong, a friendship program for kids. Because knowing what I know now, um, girls and boys, their experience in friendship is far more the same than it is different. So I've devoted my life to childhood friendships for the last uh, 11 and a half years. 
And um, part of our move up to Noosa is for me to write my book. So I've been um, working on my book and um, yeah, excited to share it with everyone when it comes to life. Nice. So I'm guessing uh, COVID, uh, not ideal for anybody, but it's probably coming a good time if you needed to slow down and find time to write a book. Honestly, I know I almost feel bad saying it because I know <laughs> how how horrible this <laughs> pandemic has been and for, for a lot of families. But, you know, uh, there is part of me that feels like it was a little bit serendipitous. I, I really needed to stop traveling as much. And, and as much as I love going into schools all the time, I really needed to push pause. Um, and yeah, this is, hasn't been a, a bad place to isolate. <laughs> I can, as I said, for listeners, I've just booked a trip there because for non-Australians, Noosa is just unbelievable. And if you can live yeah. there all the time, why not? So that is fantastic. And at the moment, uh, loneliness is at an all-time high. And pandemics mm-hmm. obviously played a really big part in that. Um, what are some ways that we can particularly for parents out there or teachers, for themselves, because I think a lot of the time, you know, we worry about our kids, we worry about our students, but then we neglect ourselves. What are some ways that we can improve that loneliness or or get back some of that connection that we're really missing as human beings? Yeah, oh my goodness, so many things come to mind. I think it's really important for teachers to um, understand the importance of friendship and, and, for, and for the parents listening. Um, All of the science points to relationships being at the heart of our well-being. We also know that the science tells us that relationships are the heart of learning. So when we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we often think of food and water, basic needs, but actually connection is one of those basic needs. And there have been studies done where they've mapped the brain and when you feel um, disconnected and when you feel isolated, we crave connection in that same way that we crave food when we're hungry and the brain actually looks the same. So the idea here is that we need to first of all recognize that it is just as important as food and water. Prioritizing our friendships and our relationships and our connections it gives us the nourishment and the fuel to um, move on and be happy and flourish and thrive in our life. So it doesn't have to be, you know, a three-hour conversation with a friend. Jane Dutton's research is really powerful and shows that even a 40-second connection with someone, she calls it a high-quality connection, That can happen in 40 seconds. It's this idea where we kind of take the mask off and we actually um, are vulnerable and open with someone um, and and just have have a moment. So I would say that, yeah, loneliness absolutely is, you know, and we know that Gen Z is reporting being like the loneliest generation um, in addition to our aging population. But I would say that, you know, it's really important that we're making time for those feel-good friendships. Those ones, you see my friend meter back here. I, I can see that. I really like that. It? There it is. <laughs> so we want to increase our daily dose of those green zone friendships. Those friendships that we, you know, we feel good. We've got trust and respect with them. Um, we feel like we can be ourselves. They, they bring out the best in us. 
So making time for those feel-good friendships. Mm, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I suppose one of the probably the biggest shifts I've felt, like you were saying with loneliness, the, the generation coming up, I think it's got a lot to do with social media. And don't get me wrong, I love social media. I think it's so powerful. And particularly when we haven't been able to see people and it has been our lifeline. But also, what negatives is that sort of playing? So do you feel that's we're so socially connected but so socially disconnected in a way? Do you... What's your take on that whole thing? Because I know, like, there's positives and negatives, but I don't know. Have you got some evidence and research or anything for us? Yeah, well, actually, um, a lot of the research that's been done on social media looks at well-being. And we know well-being is a big umbrella word that includes a whole lot of things. When we actually peel back the layers and take a look specifically at friendships and relationships, we actually are seeing positive outcomes. Um, social media is another way for us to connect with our friendships and are these people that are important to us. And so one of the things I've heard before is, you know, the socially rich get richer on social media, but the socially poor get poorer. So a child who, or a teenager who's perhaps already feeling, um, isolated, feels like they don't have friends, they don't have connections. Those are the ones who when they go on Snapchat or Instagram, they're left feeling uh, a little more negative and it impacts them in the inverse way. So the idea, I keep saying the idea, the idea is that we, uh, you know, but a, a lot of our, the relationships that we have online, we have in person first. You know, and so that's really where, where it starts. And then, you know, so we meet a friend, you know, you and I, for example, I've now I've met you and we're, I'm going to follow you on Instagram and we're going to, and that's going to be another way for us to kind of stay connected after this. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did. You did. I really like about the socially rich and the socially sort of poor, because do you think for the socially poor, everybody's Instagram, like you were just saying on Snapchat, it's like a highlight reel of their life. It's like if you were going to do a movie trailer, that's the best part of it. And particularly if you're yeah. socially poor, do you find that that's probably where the negatives are coming or the, the remarks about the impact social media is having? Because people that may not have these powerful connections, then they're seeing all these other people and it, it's sort of a snowball effect and it just all relationships are affected, their friendship. And that's how loneliness is sort of really shining at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things too, we know that, um, you know, if you've heard of Dr. Seligman's research um, in positive education, the PERMA model, um, part of his research, he talks about negativity bias. So we are wired to have this negativity bias. And he says, this goes back to the caveman days, you know, to protect ourselves, we had to actively seek threat. And as a result of that, we've become people who look for what's wrong. And so um, I do feel like there are some people who are constantly looking for the negative. You know, they go on the social media and they look for what's wrong or they, or the people who are just, you know, social media is bad for kids and it's a terrible thing. Um, their negativity bias is really strong. Um, what I was involved in a study with Snapchat, actually, it was that they did produced a global friendship report. And what they actually found was that our teenagers are more drawn to the one-on-one platforms like Snapchat um, 
or the, 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 the opportunities for them to connect one-on-one -on -one versus the big group, the big, that's three, right. Yeah. Yeah. So sort of direct versus, messaging and yeah, exactly. Versus our generation or, 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 um, millennials younger where they would be, they, it was more like the MySpace Facebook generation. <laughs> it was about building network, you know what I mean? And big networks. It, they're, they, they've uncovered that our teenagers are actually looking for more kind of that one-on-one -on -one, and they're creating and creating smaller social groups. I think this is actually a positive thing because um, I'm a big fan of quality over quantity, you know, and that's something we talk about in, in our work at You Are Strong when we're teaching kids about healthy and unhealthy relationships. It is more important that you have quality relationships in your life and so um and i can reference you know a harvard study the longest running study on happiness um going on 80 some years now has determined the single number one predictor of a person's longevity and happiness is the quality of the relationships that they have and so that's you know something i'm super passionate about and i say to kids i'd rather you have one green zone friend <laughs> than a whole bunch of orange zone friends in your life Mm, I, I love that. And, and I think it's not about how many followers you have or anything like that. It's about the powerful connections you have. And what you find is, and I'm finding the older I get that, you know, green zone is shrinking. And the reason probably they don't is that you don't have as much time. So you want to invest in the ones that make you feel good, you know, and I call them lemon suckers. You know, you don't want to be around the lemon suckers who are sucking the life out of you and, and they'll find a totally. negative in a positive. I want green zone friends. So let's talk about this. If people are listening yeah. and, what are, what are some maybe three simple strategies that they could implement today to improve a friendship or reconnect or say, oh, I'm going to give you an example. And I, I never yeah. pinpoint friends out here, Dana, but I was walking my dog this morning. I do it every morning. And my good friend, Brendan Jordan, ran me up and he goes, Dale, I just wanted to touch base and have a chat with you. We, we spoke for 45 minutes. And I'm like, you know what, mate? Just that has made my day. And how simple is it? But we don't do it. What Like we forget to do it or life gets involved. And I, I say you need to schedule time. Put it in your diary. Do something like it. So I'm going to give Brendo a little shout out because he made my yes. day. Yes. Love him. If people are listening, what what are some things they could do over the weekend or whenever? Just really simple little things to reconnect or get that green zone again. Okay. So here's a very simple strategy that um, if you don't have a lot of time, but you want to connect with a friend and actually one of my friends. So I'll give a shout out to my friend. Ooh, yes. No Felicity. Um, Felicity Harley, actually, and she just wrote a book, Balance and Other BS. Check it out. Right. A little plug for her. Um, <laughs> but she messaged me one day after a run. She'd been on a run and she had this great idea and she came back and texted me and she said, Dana, give me your top five emojis for how, you're how things are going today. Tell me in five emojis. And I was like, Cool. Okay. <laughs> and I sat down because we normally just text each other back and forth. And, and I sat back and really thought about, you know, so I sent her, you know, all the different emojis and with a little explanation of each one, it totally got beyond the, Hey, how are you today? So we got so much deeper and I absolutely felt more connected to her with just her asking that. And then of course I said, what are yours? Yeah, and yeah. so she sent my, and all of a sudden our conversation was richer and we had um, a deeper connection. The other suggestion I would say is 
one of the things we talk about friendship act number two, every friendship is different. And so that means um, that every friend kind of gives you something different in your life. You might have a friend that is your like go-to um, fun friend, right? You laugh a lot together. So I have a friend that that's kind of the essence of our friendship. We joke around a lot. So her and I, through COVID, actually started sending funny memes back and forth to each other. Anytime we'd come across a funny one, we'd send it. And, and it was just such a simple way for us to kind of keep that connection. And, and the connection was specifically around what the best bit of our friendship is, which is laughing. Um, so that's another strategy. Um, um, let me think. I'm thinking about... I love well, point thinking. Sorry, I, I love the emoji, and I feel emojis are a great way to break down barriers and allow a little bit more vulnerability. I don't know if that because it's a picture, yes. but then a picture tells a thousand words. So then you yeah. can go into it a bit deeper. Whereas if you just start with the word, sometimes it's scary, Joan, and, yeah. and you and you're scared about oh, will they judge me? But an emoji can mean so many different things to so many different people. So yes. I absolutely love that one. That is Isn't that awesome. cool. Yes. Really cool. Um, I was going to say two things. Well, the first one, you said the word for me, which is the vulnerability. And all the research around friendships points to vulnerability as well. Like we can only form deep, meaningful connections when we actually take, put the wall down. You know, so much of us have, so many of us have this wall up where we don't actually reveal or this mask on we don't actually reveal what's going on on the inside and being vulnerable with a friend is the easiest way for you to deepen a connection and that just requires you to be authentic and be real and be honest rather than yeah i'm good everything's great you know things are good how are you um it's about stopping and saying actually you know what i've had a pretty stressful week it's been up and down and um, yeah, I'm not feeling great to be honest. You know, just really that, that honesty and that vulnerability and opening up. Yeah. Um, and my, the last strategy is something called habit stacking. Um, and this was a concept I heard about from Dr. Susan David and I love her research, but if you already have a habit built into your life, it's very easy to just stack something new onto that because it's already part of your stress. So say you said you go for a walk, uh, you walk your dog every morning. That's a habit. That's part of your life. You could stack um, time with friends onto that. So maybe now that, you know, your buddy called you, hey, your, mate, yeah. your mate called you, you know, <laughs> that you could decide that, you know what, every Friday when I take my dog for a walk, I'm going to, I'm going to phone a friend and I'm just stacking that onto a habit I already have built into my day. I like that. I think that's uh, yeah, that that is a very simple thing to do, and and I think it comes down. I speak about this again. It's about having routines and sticking to those. And yes, um, it's like saying a New Year's resolution. It's only as good as a person who's going to stick to that and back it up and do it. So, um, and yeah. make it realistic. Like I wouldn't go. You wouldn't probably recommend you know every morning doing that because then I'd miss out on probably some of the other things I enjoy in my walk. And other people would know what they get when they do things. But Penciling one day, Fridays, fun Fridays. Get on the phone. How are you, mate? I'm What's going on? Totally. Oh. Absolutely. I, and it, it's just such an easy thing to do. But I think that really it comes down to people understanding the science and really believing it. 
and knowing that doing that and making that a priority and making your friends a priority will boost your well-being. Just like that green smoothie, you know, just like drinking lots of water, it has a fundamental powerful impact on how you feel and makes you a better person. It does. It does. So if everyone's listening, whatever you're doing, running, rolling, sleeping, walking, driving, whatever you're doing, action one of those things straight away. Like obviously you're enjoying listening to Dana and myself, but don't just make this just something background noise. Do something totally. about it and improve a friendship in your life. I, I really, I really recommend doing that. Take yeah. some action today. So Dana, let's talk about you are strong in schools, um, yeah. teachers, you've got family packs. You've basically got it all covered. Amazing. Right. Thank you. Well, that's, I mean, we really are about, um, we're a whole school strategy that empowers kids with friendship skills. So really it gives the kids the skills so that they know how to solve their own problems. Teachers and parents should not be putting out friendship fires for their kids. And, and that's what we call it. Um, it's, it, it, but, but when we have this whole school strategy, we've got all the parents and all the teachers speaking the same language, approaching friendship in the same way. Um, and that's when we create these cultures of kindness in schools. Because, you know, and I was guilty of this back in the day, saying to, our, to my students, you know, choose wisely who you partner up with. And, you know, I hear it all, choose wisely. And kids don't know what a wise choice is. Kids have a lot of really um, unrealistic expectations in their friendships. They don't really know what's normal. You know, anytime kids encounter conflict and you see it with little kids, first time they encounter conflict with a friend, they say, what? You're not my friend anymore. They end the friendship because they don't realize that conflict is a normal part of a friendship and that you can put out that fire and get the friendship back in the green zone again. So, um, so yeah, we really have lots, of, we've got lots of resources for teachers. We've got a curriculum, uh, Friendology 101, and it's really designed as um, a whole school. Love, sorry to off, Dana. I love, that is a great combination. I love combining words. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Friendology 101 and all the kids become little friendship. They can become friendship ninjas. Um, but yeah, and in schools, they, you know, teachers know about the response to intervention model. We do that in, in academics where we make sure that we're providing, you know, the skills and strategies to all our students, um, and then provide deeper interventions to those who need more support. But, um, so that's really where friendology comes in. It's the, it just is that friendship foundation that all the get, kids get, and then we can better support the kids who need a little bit more help. Yeah. So, um. I think that's yeah. I think that's brilliant. And one thing I know that you really we were talking a little bit about before, but having a whole school approach to friendship. Do you want yeah. to explain a little bit of this? Because I think sometimes we just expect friendships that they'll take place, but they don't. And and bullying. I know, I know when I was a primary oh. school teacher, even even teaching high school, bullying is at a forefront and it's getting worse. So having a, a whole school approach, I think this is fantastic. Absolutely. Do you know, one of the things I do in my teacher training when I first start is I, I give them a scenario, a common scenario that we see, you know, on the playground. And I ask the teachers, how would you handle this? You know, if I, what, what would you do? What, you know, what would you say to that kid? How would you support them? What would you do? And also what would you call this? And the 
the, the, what we know to be true is that if I went around and asked every single teacher how they would handle it and what they would call it, they would all have a different approach. One teacher might call it bullying. One teacher might call it a disagreement. Uh, Mr. James might laugh it off with the kids. Miss Howe might talk about it on Friday at story time, circle time and address it there. All the teachers are approaching it in a very inconsistent way. And we know what the parents are absolutely going to call it bullying. So we don't actually use the word bullying in our program. Instead, we use the term mean on purpose. Bullying is a confusing word that is often misused and misunderstood. So instead, we use the term mean on purpose. Kids get what that is. So if I said to you, Dale, I said, you're a jerk. <laughs> I obviously, <laughs> obviously, that's mean on purpose. That was blatant. There was intent versus, um, you know, if you told me your favorite band or singer and I kind of started laughing and hurt your feelings, that's a friendship buyer. Um, so there's a re it's really important that we teach that distinction so that because I mean, the reality is the majority of the conflicts that kids and, and even adults experience in their lives are these normal friendship buyers, these normal conflicts. Um, now and again, we do experience mean on purpose behavior. So we teach kids to stand up for themselves using what we call a quick comeback. So yeah, we use lots of language that really connects with how the kids think and learn because language is powerful. Mm. I love that mean on purpose. Is, do you think when we refer to bullying, it's sort of like that big umbrella you were talking about at the start when we're talking about social media on, on well-being and wellness, that it's, it's too general. Do you feel that that sort of gets the Absolutely. same connotation with bullying? Absolutely. Well, and, and the word then causes us to label a child a bully, which is, I, I absolutely believe in all my heart that a little kid is not a bully. They just haven't learned the skills yet. So when we use the term mean on purpose, we're focusing specifically on the behavior. Um, and, and we all now and again make a mistake and maybe we're frustrated and we're really angry and we say something mean on purpose and we made a mistake, you know, and we need to fix that. Um, sometimes we're mean by accident and that's a friendship buyer, yeah, right? And yeah. so that requires a conversation. This is the friendo cycle over here. And so we teach kids how to put out their fires through that friendo cycle. So the idea is that they have a conversation with their friend, they talk it out and we teach them how to do that step-by-step step so they can get to onto the next phase called forgive and forget. But we can only get there after we've had a conversation and put the fire out and really that's just teaching kids resilience isn't it because they need to be able to know how to have these conversations in the future and if they don't now if we do it for them if parents don't allow our students to grow then we're going to have we're going to have adults that are mean on purpose a lot and there are a few of them around there and that's how they got that way because they were little kids who were mean on purpose and nobody ever stood up to them. And then they grew up to be mean on purpose adults. And so that's what we say in schools too. If there is a little kid going around being mean on purpose and no one ever stands up to that kid, that kid basically gets away with it. And so they need to know that it's not okay. And this is really important when we consider romantic relationships, when we consider professional relationships, when kids 
grow up and get a job. They need to know this stuff for when, um, when, when they're grown up. These are really universal relationship strategies. And again, that's why I say, I don't want kids to wait till they're, you know, an adult to learn the difference between healthy and unhealthy relationships, right? Quality relationships. We want them to understand what that is at a young age. Yeah. And, and I think like everything, it, it's not only at schools, this is something that parents need to do as well with their kids, because if you're going to pass the blame to the teachers, they spend more time at home with you. So go and check out, I'll have links in the show notes, go and check out because you've got family packs, you've got resources, you've got articles, and you do it in a fun way. And I'm a big believer in this, making life fun. So what are some ways we can have more fun in our friendships? What, Dana, what do you do to have fun besides sending emojis and uh, memes, <laughs> which I love as well. And I think that's a great point that all friendships are different you know and i think that's yeah. important to remember don't expect everyone to be the same because you wouldn't want all the same friendship you don't want everyone to be the same no. so how can again you give them some really cool tips for people to reconnect and foster those relationships what are maybe a couple of ways we could bring some more fun into our friendships mm, i love that you say that because i would say fun and playfulness is like one of my top values i I love, and it really just makes everything better. And it was, we, I think some people forget to prioritize fun as well. And I think, I think that that's really important. Um, but I would say this, not all friends are your fun friends. You know what you might have, it, it's really about focusing on um, what that friendship gives to you that fills you up. So you might have a friend, like I'm, I have a friend I would call if I needed parenting advice, you know, that we just connect on that level. I might have another friend that I would call if, um, you know, if something personal happened to me or, you know what I mean? So I think it's really important that you just kind of crystallize what it is that each friend in your life gives to you. And that, and that, that's what you kind of zoom in on, right? We, we kind of focus on the best parts and what really makes it like the green, super green, you know, on the friendometer. And I think that that's what elevates the friendship and, and takes it, you know, to that next level that makes the roots of the friendship, you know, that much deeper when we think of it that way. Um, so I would say that, and, and I don't know if that's necessarily no, no, no. About, no, that's good... about having fun, but it's about having richer friendships. Mm, I, I think it's really important. Like you just said that you do understand that different friends offer different things in your life. And yep. um, I think that's important too, to realize that. And um, again, I'm big on this. If somebody isn't helping you or making you a better person or bringing something positive to your life, if they're a negative Nigel or negative Nancy, get rid of them, all right? That is, you yeah. don't need them in your life, okay? There's enough There's enough bad stuff going on, Dana, that we do not need those people bringing us down as well. So I when, agree like, with you. Yeah, like we just need to, you need to be clear about that. And I love that. You'll know who needs what and what needs that to do with your friendships. That's perfect. So let's talk about with you, Are Strong. What are you most proud of so far with the impact that you're making and that, that you have done? Because I think it's very important that you sit back and you do reflect. I'm sure you're doing this when you're writing your book. Uh, that would be a really good reflection tool. But what are you most proud of so far? Oh, that's a really cool question. I, um... I, I never would have guessed back when I started my club, little club, you know, at my school in Calgary that I would now be in the position I'm in where we're, our program is in hundreds of schools around the world. 
I've traveled all around the world going into these schools. We've reached, you know, approaching million kids. And wow. um, I absolutely, for me, I'm, I'm most proud, I guess, of, of the kids. You know, um, I get so many emails from parents and teachers that tell me little stories about how their kid went to school uh, with walking a little taller and they had that hard conversation with their friend and they put the fire out and got it back into the green zone. And for me, like that's, that's empowerment. That's really what empowerment is. Um, so I think that's it. Like just, I, I am a teacher through and through. I'm, you know, that's, that's who I am. And so being in the classroom and actually seeing the kids is, that's where, when I feel the proudest and seeing them apply their friendship ninja skills. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, and that is something to be really proud of. Really a million kids. That is so powerful. So Dana, if people are listening, where is the best place to go and, you know, become a teacher trainer and sign up, get your school on board. But also if you're a parent, where can you yes. go to find activities, not only for your kids, but for yourself yeah. as well? Where, where can we find those? Yeah, absolutely. So youarestrong.com. Um, if you just go to our website, we decided when the pandemic hit that the best way that we could help kids um, and families was to offer our parent membership for free. And so one of our core values at You Are Strong is generosity. And so that was a really easy decision. We decided to just make that free so that parents could have access. We also um, created a whole bunch of resources under a category called Keeping Kids Connected because that was our focus during the pandemic to bring fun and friendship and positivity into kids' homes, knowing the powerful um, connection between friendship and well-being. So yeah, if you go to our website, parents can um, get a membership for free and access to hundreds of activities and resources. If your kid is crafty, we've got lots of little crafty activities where they can make little friendship ninjas um, and you can have some conversations um, around friendships, which, which our kids love talking about their friends. You know, it's kind of their favorite topic. So, um, and then for teachers, we have um, a You Are Strong Schools membership that gives schools access to our friendology curriculum. And then again, hundreds of resources and lots of supporting documents um, for curriculum, you know, we mean on purpose trackers for the plate on supervision, um, supervision lanyards. I, we've kind of got lots of got things. <laughs> and then I do teacher training as well. So I'm just last night did session three of our four part series of teacher training. I've got 125 teachers joining me in this round. And so, yeah, it's really fun. We'll be offering more in um, in the future. I love that. So you've just ticked every box there, Dana. If parents, for yourself, for your kids, teachers, and you can still do it all online. You do it in the comfort of your home because it is That's online now. That's the best now. part. Isn't yes. it? How, how good is it? You don't have to, I know traveling's amazing and I, I miss going into schools and presenting and doing all these things, but it's pretty cool when you can still have the same impact from home. Oh, honestly, I've had, it's been a very, very cool experience for me. Just a couple of days ago, I worked with 250 year seven and eight um, girls from Western Australia, 
and they were all at school but logged in on their devices they all have their headphones on and they're all you know and and it felt like it feels like like a one-on-one -on -one experience me and them and but there's 250 of them but i know their name and it's it's pretty cool actually i feel there's a lot of benefits um for both the kids and for and for me as well I love that, Dane. Now, I'm going to have links in the show notes. So I've just got one last question. When can we expect the book? When's the due date? I'm going to put it out on you now. I know, yes. I know you, that's, that's something you don't say to a writer, but um, oh. when can we expect this? Well, my goal was to write and have it, have it done this year. Like, so it's, it's a 2020 thing. Um, we're, I'm just, we're in conversations with um, publishing company right now. So once that's sorted is uh, I can kind of make some announcements, but, but yeah, I'm loving writing it. It's so much fun. I have so much to say. The kids, the kids have taught me so much about their experiences and friendships. So it's really going to be a book that will provide parents and educators with really practical strategies to support them but it's also a book for us to talk about our friendships and as grown-ups you know we have a tendency to make things a lot more complicated than they need to be <laughs> and um and yeah i i use this stuff in my own life and so i'll be talking about my story as well and just um weaving that through the book so well, Dana, I can't wait to hear it. I know everybody listening, there's been so many gems that you have dropped today. As I said before, action one of these things today because loneliness, as we said, all-time high. You may be feeling good, but that doesn't mean everybody is at the moment. And, you know, people suffer in silence. So put yourself out there. Be vulnerable. Tell somebody what they mean to you. Send them an emoji. Send them a meme. Um, and just reconnect with somebody that you haven't for a while. And like Felicity did for you and like Jordo <laughs> did for me, shout out. Jordan. We don't normally do that. But that is a power. It has really made my day. And I could tell by, Dana, when you were saying about Felicity that your face lit up. And that is what oh. it does. So um, Absolutely. You. Yeah, thank you so much. I think much it's important that we, that we remember to, like, just ask better questions. You know what I mean? I say that to parents all the time. When their kids come home from school, they usually say, how was your day? And kids say, good. What'd you do? Nothing. And they have this conversation every single day with their kids. And I say to parents every time, you need to ask better questions. So that would be, you know, I'll leave you with that. But ask your friends better questions. Dig a little deeper. Get a little bit more creative instead of how are you? We can do better than that. Yeah, and, and, and to go back to your point again, I know we're going to wrap it up, but I think the emoji allows you to do that. And that is, do you know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you're not very yeah. good at asking a question, do it with an emoji. And then it breaks down those barriers and it doesn't make you feel awkward or them. And you'll probably have that deeper, meaningful conversation. So I love that. That's the one thing I'm going to take out. And there's so many good things out of it. That is brilliant. So thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed today. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was fun. We could talk about friendships forever. I oh, know, we could. <laughs>